I'm Tom D'Antoni, and we're back at Catfish Lose at 2460 Northwest 24th for another coffee shop conversation. We're coming full circle today with Michelle Mebler. We have now had all four of the quadrophones on the podcast. Of course, we'll talk about them, but Michelle is here to talk about her new album, Pink Sky, some funky jazz with husband Ben on bass, Dan Gilday on guitar, and the ubiquitous drummer du jour, Edwin Coleman III. Yes, we'll try to find out when the Quadrophones album of Andrew Durkin music is coming out, and we'll probably fail. Has there ever been a longer-awaited jazz album around here? I don't think so. Nevertheless, Michelle Midler persisted. Michelle, welcome to Catfish Lose. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. A real Portland club. It definitely. I mean, look around. Is this Portland or what? It's definitely Portland. It's a good place. <laughs> Old Portland. Yes. Yeah. We, we need good to keep, keep this here. Yes, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, uh, we're here to talk about your new record. Yeah. And to talk about the quadrophones. Right on. Yes. Um, uh, so let's talk about the record first. All right. It's a funk record. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a lot of fun to make this record and uh-huh. get get through and write and everything for it. Yeah. So tell us who's on it. It's Edwin Coleman the third on the drums. Now he's he's all over the place now, isn't he? He is. Every, now every he's not style. related to Tony Coleman, is he? No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, Tony no. Coleman from Portland was a BB King's drummer for like a million years. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. I, he's never mentioned it. I think he would have. He he's a humble probably. cat. But well, he's, you never know, <laughs> though, you know? <laughs> you never yeah, some, do. some people wouldn't want to trade on that. Right. You know what I mean? And but, he's uh, the kind of guy that probably wouldn't mention yeah. that. But his <laughs> dad was Edwin Coleman, yeah. also the bass player uh-huh. down in Eugene. And uh-huh. uh, that he raised him upright for sure. Uh, okay, who else? Uh, it's Dan Gilday on the guitar. Ah. Also, all over the place doing yeah. all kinds of music. Yeah. And my husband Ben Medler playing the bass uh-huh. and myself playing some flute and some tenor sax on this one. Uh, some flute, huh? <clears throat> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw James Carter this weekend. Nice. I saw that he was going to yeah. be here, but I couldn't get there. He threw everybody away. He just played play with the flute and the sax. He was in the in the uh, uh, Ross and Roland Kirk Legacy Band with, with yeah. Steve Teray. That looked like a very cool show. It was amazing. It was nice. just, uh, you know, but anyway, so, um, so what was your first instrument? Saxophone. Sax, okay. Well, actually, I guess it was violin, but that... Was that was just a route to getting to saxophone? Because third grade, I heard it was a Glenn Fry's "You Belong to the City," huh. and you know the song wasn't so much what did it; it was like that instrument. That's what I want to play <laughs> that saxophone. And so they didn't let you join band till fifth grade. So I thought, well, I'll play violin for a year in orchestra because uh-huh. that was an option. And yeah. you know, mom's like, hey, why, why don't you practice that while we're at work? You know, <laughs> screeching violin that wasn't my calling, but That's right. in any case, so yeah, really saxophone. They yeah. they tried to make me start on the clarinet, but uh-huh. I joined the pin stick club later. <laughs> so, who, who was your first saxophone hero? Oh, let's see. Really, uh, kind of Charlie Parker, I guess, and John Coltrane yeah. were where it really came from. Um, kind of some local blues guys uh 
the the Johnny Limbo and the Lugnuts crew was uh, uh-huh. something my parents liked to go see. Uh-huh. So uh, Scott Franklin, who's you know playing all over the place in blues clubs and stuff, yeah. uh, Gordon Ray and uh, Ants in the Kitchen, I think is where he is now. Uh-huh. Um, he was nice enough to talk to me when I was in like fifth grade. I'm like, wow, you play the saxophone. It's so awesome. And, <laughs> you know, he j- uh, my parents liked to go out and see them, and I could always wander backstage and hang out and talk to Scott and uh-huh. you know. To tell me how to get to your major scales and you know <laughs> uh-huh. that kind of thing. Here, try this fingering instead of that thing or whatever. <laughs> Some little little things. I was taking other saxophone lessons, but that was just a. He was really very cool to you hang must with be me. So happy to be able to make music out of a saxophone when yeah. you were that little. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave me a tenor when I moved here in fifth grade from wow. Seattle. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, I, you know, they didn't have any altos at the store that my parents wanted to go to. So he's like, why don't you just play tenor for the rest of the year? It was like from spring break on. And I really liked the instrument, but I the parts were real boring in band at that point. So oh, oh. I went back to the alto for a little while. Yeah. But back to seventh grade, I was on tenor and trying to play Barry, but couldn't reach the that's keys. That's a big voice for a little girl. <laughs> I think that's what I liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like the alto was fine, but then to go down that low on the tenor was really neat. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked Richie Houston one time. I said, you have, because he plays tenor and soprano and, and, yeah. and, and alto. And I said, you, are, are, uh, are, you have different personalities for each of those instruments? And he says, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He says, when I'm playing the... He said, when I'm playing the uh, soprano, I think he said, that, that I, I hear my mother calling me. Aw. <laughs> nice. Do you, do you find that? I do. It's, yeah. you know, I, I play all of them, you know, and pretty equally, not always gigging, like, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, I... I love all the saxophones, and it's sort of hard to ask me which one, but I guess Desert mm-hmm. Island, I'd probably grab my tenor. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. 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 It just has been the closest, at least lately. Maybe if you ask me in a year, I might change my answer. <laughs> but, they, yeah, they are all really different, unique voices, and yeah. it's it's yeah. fun to play all the different parts, like uh-huh. in a big band or something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Ever played Barry? Oh, yeah. Have you? Yep. I'm playing some Barry uh, with the Nina Simone tribute that we're doing uh, with uh, LaRonda Steele and Adrian uh-huh. Martin uh-huh. coming up here uh, at the Alberta Rose on March 9th. Yeah. So not all night long, but there's going to be some Barry in there this time. Is it time. fun to play Barry? Yeah. Isn't it harder? Not, no. No? Not really. Wow. You know, you get used to it. It's just a, a little more open or something. And uh-huh. some people say more air. I don't know that I feel that. It's more air. Flute takes more air than anything. So. Is that right? Yeah, because you blow half of it out the the tube. When oh you're right, going right. so right. it's like supposed to be harder than tuba, huh? Air wise, huh. anyway. Yeah. You know, I it's just uh, Reggie Houston just came to mind and he told a story one time when he was in Fast Domino's band and he had some dispute with him and he just quit the band for a while yeah. and and they moved one of the other guys. Over from the, from the, from tenor or, or or alto whatever, to to play Barry and about about a couple months in, the guy comes comes to talk to Fast and goes, I can't do this, <laughs> it's killing me. <laughs> well, it does it is killing your on your back? That's for sure. You know, that's what you got to play for four hours in a night. That that's a difference, I guess. <laughs> okay, so what was the genesis of this album? Well, I've been composing a lot, and it's been long overdue to get myself another album out. My last one was 2006, and uh, I love 
to split my time between funk and jazz, and my other album was more straight ahead. Mm -hmm. So I thought this is the next in line. I had to sort out my originals, and the the next album after this will probably be a little more straight ahead again. Mm -hmm. Got some plans working whenever we can afford that again. Right. Um, but this is, I love this direction, and it's super fun to go in the funk direction. So I, I just started composing, and there's stories behind all, all the tunes and kind of mm -hmm. you know what they mean. Going through um, finding. Tell me a couple. <laughs> There's one on there, Oh Brother, and uh -huh. that's the one I play the flute on. Um, it's Oh Brother because uh, my husband Ben and I have been doing the Ancestry.com thing. Oh. He was adopted, so that has been an interesting, very cool journey. He's now found his mother and his father and his five brothers. So hence the wow. song Oh Brother. Wow. Um, we've gotten to know uh, two of the brothers, one from mom's side, one from dad's really well, and uh, traveled to Phoenix and Reno to see these people, and they've been up here and whatnot, and it's been, you know, it's instant family, super cool and bizarre at the same time. Huh. So this is the story about that, I guess. And on my side, my so mom... So how does that translate to a tune? Well, you you got to write about something. Uh, yeah. when, when we met to uh, brother number two, the mother's side, this is brother John, uh -huh. we drove to Reno and, you know, stories along the way. Um, but we had a blast and it, it, it was just all a lot to take in. We went for like a weekend, drove down there and back and brought our dog and the dogs ran around and I don't know, we <laughs> just kind of sat and talked and got to know each other like old friends i i don't oh. know it was a really good time and mm -hmm. so on the way home i started humming the melody and took mm -hmm. notes in my phone and <laughs> later it became the tune and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a story on that one i don't ever want to do that because if if the, if they tell me that I'm any less Italian, I'm not. I'm not I just you don't want to know. I don't want to know. I won't believe them. Well, it's okay. They keep changing their minds. <laughs> I I came out the first time and was, you know, so much. I think I said something about twenty percent German, and I I know there's about forty percent English in there, which. I thought that would have been switched, but oh. <laughs> well, whatever. That wasn't a big surprise. I knew I was a Northern European yeah. blood of some sort. Yeah. Um, but then they got more science, more data, and then it changed into me being mostly Norse. Norse? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Norway and that area, and uh, my mom was adopted, and uh -huh. I've learned now that her parents uh, were from Iceland, and huh. I have Icelandic relatives. uh <laughs> Somehow, my fourth cousin's cousin is a pop star in Iceland <laughs> that won their, like, American Idol type wow. of a thing. <laughs> right, where Karen Lovely is a huge hit. I guess and, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. The, the, she's, she's always playing Iceland. Well, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I might have to get to know my people over really? there. <laughs> yeah. Not that she's Icelandic. Right. They just, she's, they, the, you know, just a she's just a hit there. Nice. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, so, to tell me another, another tune. Let's see. Uh, my title track, Pink Sky. Uh, yeah. That was dedicated to my dad, who is who passed this last July, mm. dealing with cancer. It was a tough fight, and mm -hmm. uh, so things were a little bit hard. And um, it, I want to sit down and write something. 
and also wanted to kind of write something just a little simpler like it you know it's just a, it's a minor blues yeah so i had that much in mind and when you sit down at the computer to write it asks you a million questions you know it's like what key is it in <laughs> uh what's the title how many instruments do you want and it's just like mm-hmm. i just want to start writing before this earworm leaves my ear yeah and, you know yeah. um so often i'll think about either current events or look around the room or something and i looked out the window and the sky was just amazingly pink huh. and so hence this song pink sky yeah and i was yeah. thinking about my dad a lot and yeah so yeah. that was dedicated to him huh. Huh. now let's see what else is on there there's one called funny dream yes and it could be based on a funny dream it, huh? it really was <laughs> i can't tell you what it is i've decided no. i make up a new story every time <laughs> but, well be all i know is that that was one of the same thing i sat down to write and it was a day that i'd had one of those dreams that sticks with you yeah and you're kind of thinking about it a little bit all day like that was weird and yeah. it was that kind of a thing and so yeah that, that's what that one was about <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, the only dreams that stick with me are the ones are work dreams when things go wrong. You ever have those? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Strange gigs. Yeah. I you, don't know. Yeah. You, usually I'm in a, 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 a radio studio. Yeah. And nothing works. <laughs> and I'm and it's and, and I, it's live. And, and you're chasing chords and you can't air. find any. And it's dead <laughs> oh, air, God. which yeah. is like the worst thing that it's can like happen. Being naked on the radio, right? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Dead air, and I can't make anything work. And then, and then I, and, 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 then, and then I try to talk, and it's one of those weird things, where when you talk in your sleep, and there's some other sound that that you hear that yeah. comes out, <laughs> and it's not you, but it's you. It's really just bizarre. <laughs> anyway, wake yourself up groaning or something. It's 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 very it's strange because because I, I, you try to make myself sound like I'm supposed to be on the radio. But there's some other sound coming. <laughs> anyway, that's my problem. <laughs> well, I was having some weird dream about the quadrophones the other night. For Is that sure. right? Yeah. Just uh, we were trying to go on tour, and I don't know. We were in a weird place, and it kind of it was a loop, you know, Groundhog Day kind of thing. Yeah. Just couldn't get out of it. That's funny. Nothing in particular, but that's you know, funny. Being at gigs and <laughs> nothing's going right. Like, why aren't we starting? And then you're over here talking to people again. And I don't know. Everybody has those work dreams. It's weird. Yeah, they're really worth. And, and it's always. And then they're and they're not good work dreams. They're bad work dreams. Oh, I guess we're just processing all the worst so we can handle it when it hits us or something. <laughs> so, what story have you made up for this dream? Well, I don't know. It's, oh, okay. Like I said, it's different every night. All right, all right. You know, today I guess it was about the quarterfinals. I guess so. All right. <laughs> Speaking of which, yes, is this Durkin record ever going to come out? It's legendary now. It's a super secret. It is legendary. <laughs> I mean, I remember when you guys recorded it. I'm Which not sure I do anymore. It was a while ago. <laughs> sometime in the, in the 1970s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, before you were all born. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't remember anymore. No. <laughs> but it was, you know, I remember it was, God, it was around the time of the, one of the St. Saint John's Jazz Festivals, you know? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember, um, I don't know if you were on that gig there was that that little bar 
in the in the in the circle there. Um, uh, the uh, Central Cafe or whatever, yeah, something or like that. Anyway. Central something or another. Yeah, yes. I don't know if you were on that Durkin gig or not. Not his industrial. Okay. No. Okay. But. Anyway, um, his was it fun to record or, or was it hard and fun hard and fun yeah yeah it's yeah. challenging music and i yeah. know a lot of it he reduced from big band so uh-huh. you know that always gets us in trouble playing you know all the trumpet and trombone parts and yeah. whatever else in between you know <laughs> like some of our weird philip glass stuff where he wrote it for yeah. strings and for saxophones <laughs> yeah. it's all together and you don't get to breathe it always seems to, whenever i see uh, any any ensemble led by durkin it always looks like it's really difficult to play, and then at the end, everybody's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's challenging, but it's also really fun. I, yeah. And funny. Yeah. He's got a lot of character going on. And I mean, he's not funny. No, he's quietly funny. Yeah, but he's not funny. He's not like... He's not going to tell you a joke. He's not going to. He's not going to no. throw you a line that's going to make you fall out. But his music is hilarious. Very. A lot of it. Yeah. I remember one time with Portland Jazz um, Composers Ensemble, early on in their in their run, he had a thing down at the old church. They had a, a show, and he 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 was he was conducting. It was his piece, and it was, you know how. Uh, in, the, in the old days of swing, you know, the trumpet section would get up and solo, sit down. The saxophone section would get up and solo and sit yeah. down. Well, he had people getting up at random. <laughs> and not when they were soloing. He just had them getting up at random. Right in the middle yes. playing your part? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me a bit with Andrew. Yeah. So everybody's been waiting for years now. Yeah. For years to hear this album. Years. Well, we'll just, you know, <laughs> keep holding our breath. And I, I know he's working on it. We, I know. We really don't have much to say about it. He's he's talking about some things, though, that sound pretty cool. And All right, Durkin, get it finished, will you? Yeah. Come on. He, he's aiming for dates that are not official, so I won't announce them, oh, I guess, here. Okay. Well, I mean, he has really has a date in mind? He, he really does have a date in wow. mind. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> God, the quadraphones, it's been a long time now. Yeah, we're working things again, though, a little bit here. No, okay. no, no. I mean... The, the, oh, the, just in general. Uh, yeah, the, we took the, a little... That the band has been around. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, I remember here. I did the first piece um, in the Oregonian. Yeah, On that's the band. Right. Yeah, yep. I remember it came out to a rehearsal. Yep. All you guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we officially met. I think we kind of so. met before yeah, a little yeah, bit, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a minute now. I know, I know. And it's been it, what a, what a great run. It, yeah, it's a good ride and all kinds of music, you know. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, you know. And one of the funniest uh uh album titles in history. <laughs> <laughs> music to watch girls by. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we had to start that woman's thing a little a little before all this me too stuff, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and Lily Wilde was on there singing that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, um, what is the what's the band into now? I mean, I know you got the Durkin thing that's going to happen, but you, uh, that's but that was years ago. When you recorded yeah. that. What are you doing these days? Well, we're kind of doing a balance of things. Um, the we're getting the whole band together, which is now seven piece with Cameron Morgan on guitar, and yeah. uh, it's uh, Will Moy on bass now, and Tom Goykachea playing drums most really? of the time for those guys. Yeah. Wow. So we've sort of changed up the rhythm section over time, and that's our regular at the moment. Uh, so we're working on some new material to add into that 
crew and getting some gigs happening coming up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we're doing the um, Ben Fahan house concert on March 30th mm-hmm. with that group. And then in May, we're going down to Grant's Pass, just as the four saxophones as a quartet, mm-hmm. uh, to work with the high school band a little bit and do a performance with them. Mm-hmm. And so with the quartet, you know, we're trying to add some more, more material, but mm-hmm. play a little of the Durkin stuff. And yeah. we've got a pretty good book of that still. I heard you on All Classical. Yes. That was beautiful. That was a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody what you did. We worked up, a, it was a tribute to Debussy, yeah. um, and we worked up some pieces for that uh, to play at that tribute, uh, as well as I worked on a piece for flute that was uh, commissioned by Linda Woody, mm-hmm. uh, or she wrote the piece um, to honor Debussy, and it was flute and harp and uh, uh, viola, wow. and so that kicked my butt pretty hard, <laughs> doing the classical flute route um but the quadraphones did uh you know we did a wc piece that he wrote for for the saxophones and uh, a couple things that were just transcriptions that are beautiful and mm-hmm. uh yeah we, crystal wessel had us on over the yeah. classical station i stumbled across it it was really a I went, fun or, thing or i saw or i saw it on, on facebook that it was, yeah. gonna, it was it was it was gonna happen it was it was terrific man yeah, Did you record was, that? Yeah, they recorded it for us in their studio. Wow. So it's it's out there. I, I have it somewhere at home in, uh-huh. my, in the depths of my laptop. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it came out great. Wow. They, they have a beautiful studio over there. Uh, yeah, we had just had Suzanne Nance on uh, on the podcast. Okay. Uh, not not too long before that. Yeah. Yeah, which was, which was delightful because she's fabulous. Nice. She's just fabulous, and she's from Philly. Okay. So we got to do mid-Atlantic accents together, <laughs> well, all, um, which we have lost to, to the, for for a large part, but it's always in there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, are you you from you originally from Portland? I am. Oh, well, wow. not exact Seattle and Portland, kind of half yeah. and half. Uh-huh. Um, is it? My family moved around between Oregon and Washington a bunch, um, mm-hmm. but pretty much fifth grade on. I had a little stint where I graduated high school after being there for like one trimester uh, in huh. Seattle again, and then I came back and went to Mount Hood for a little while and mm-hmm. PSU and all that. Um, but Philly, my my dad's from um, like Carlisle area, so uh-huh. I am mm-hmm. kind of a my mom's Seattle, my dad's from there, and so I'm kind of a half East Coast <laughs> blood, I guess. And I think it's in there sometimes. I've been back to Boston a bunch with Ben too, and it just it's comfortable somehow that whole East Coast thing. But of course, I love it over here. Yeah, there are not a lot of musical couples in town. Yeah, I guess there, not there's, really. There's no. a few. There's uh, Tucker Martin and Linda Veers, yeah. uh, uh, Laura Veers. There's um, uh, Rhonda and Mark Steele. Rhonda and Mark, and then Lisa Mann and 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 her husband. Of course, they don't really play together because they're both bass players. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not always convenient, is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Does it work okay? It does. I, I think it has to be right. I mean, I can see that going all kinds of wrong, but, yeah. you know, Ben and I started off as friends and kind of grew up together musically in a uh-huh. lot of ways. So, How did you meet? Uh, at the, what is now Mel Brown's jazz camp, the Mount Hood is Jazz right? Camp. Yeah, wow. way back. I, uh, we were just, we were playing in the big band together and mm-hmm. started talking and, like, 
one night we just never stopped talking you know and <laughs> bobby brown was our, our camp mom and she she's like watching us because we're in a dorm room somewhere wherever the heck we were staying and there was a window and she'd walk by and she knew we were just talking she'd give us the eye and, <laughs> and she let us talk until like way past curfew yeah. you know just been, been at the camp enough she knew that nothing was silly going on <laughs> and uh then after camp you know you give people your number like yeah let's get together and jam and no one ever does well he huh. called me like right away and huh. We were, again, we were going to go out and see a movie or something, and yeah. he got to my house, and my mom and, was there. My dad was off uh, on a business thing, and my mom and Ben and I talked until, like, 2 in the morning. Wow. And he missed the last bus. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that was, you know, mom says, we can keep this one kind of thing. <laughs> but we just, uh, we talked. We didn't go on a date. We just became wow. friends and Jeez. hung out that way. So. Well, he's a multi-instrumentalist, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. At that point, he was playing mostly trombone. Yeah. He started with voice, you know, and singing yeah. in his church choir. Uh -huh. That was pretty serious uh -huh. when he was a kid. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, picked the trombone. Dad wanted him to be able to do orchestra or jazz or whatever. And mm -hmm. uh, he liked the fact that when you... Uh, stretch out a trombone i guess it's like 18 feet long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as a little kid that's what he picked uh, yeah uh i don't know he always was kind of a bass player he was playing bass lines when i met him on the trombone wow um per some teacher of his i guess and the uh, you know i don't know he it came slowly over the years with it was kind of handy teaching kids just keep up with them and eventually you get pretty good yeah so yeah. he worked on that and then trumpet as it went along and uh -huh. yeah so kind he's of still playing trumpet song yeah he's getting pretty good at trumpet is that right? the, no one knows he's you know, portland's trombone shorty yeah you know starting out on trombone and <laughs> totally. ended up on, on everything yep <laughs> yeah so are you in, are you in any other bands <laughs> uh i am i'm in the well this the nina simone tribute band that uh -huh. gets together every six months to a year whatever the heck uh -huh. it is and that's a, a real blast who's it, the leader of that band adrian martin he's guitarist uh -huh. yep uh and that's mark and LaRonda Steele and leah hinchcliffe on the bass and mikey snyder on the drums nice. so yeah it's a good crew and uh there's a, a band this is another one of those super secret things it's a band called mystery seed <laughs> and this is my husband and i's uh totally not jazz um you know i'm sure you hear influences but going towards like jamiroquai and that uh -huh. kind of pop thing uh -huh. playing a lot of keyboards and uh, uh -huh. as well you know just still lots of sax but i'm singing a lot more and wow. that kind of thing and nice yeah so that's in the works but it's slow well, it's, we're doing a studio thing first so much of that at least a man's come out with a metal record Whoa. I know. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, why the heck not, you know? It's music. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there's a lot of that being a, you know, jazz musician, it's hard to just be in straight ahead jazz. There's so many other things and genres, but and it it's all... it's hard to make a living well, playing, yeah. straight, playing jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like a, you know, if you can find a way to not just be a sellout or something and 
play something that's boring to you, yeah. you know, then yeah. that's great, you know, especially if you can compose a little bit. It's it's fun doing cover bands. I've done a lot of that horn yeah. section work, and, you yeah. know, I love doing that once in a while. Uh-huh. Um, right now, instead of doing a cover band, I've been playing a lot of salsa with uh-huh. uh, Milao de Cuba, uh. and that's sort of the same idea with being in a horn section a little bit, but, you know, the rhythms are just so infectious yeah. in that music. Yeah, and yeah. I saw a quote once from Lester Bowie, yeah. uh, who said he learned more playing playing in in horn sections in soul bands than anywhere else. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> to be said about that. You know, you got to be tight as a section, but yeah. you also are playing all the right vocabulary and lines right, and all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if the band leader is somebody like James Brown, who will kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> or Albert King. And you better dance. You, better, yes. <laughs> you don't just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> you know who danced last night? I, I, I was talking about this the show I saw last night um, uh, at, at, uh, at Revolution Hall. Nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody dances better in a jazz band than James Carter. James Carter nice. was dancing the entire time. Right on. <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um so uh, let's get back to the funk, funk to, to your record. Yeah. Did you have a a, a, a funk sax hero? Well, let's see. I listened to all the you know Boots Randolph and yeah. you know all the old guys that I d- couldn't even necessarily name as a kid, and not all of them are coming to me at the moment. Are you telling me you played Jackety Sax? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Grew up hearing all this stuff that now my parents listened that, there, to. There's the tune the quad should do. Well, maybe so. I think the quad <laughs> would be because the quads have a great sense of humor. Totally. Why, and I mean, I remember. Not? I remember one time we were at the Silverton Wine and Jazz Festival, and all of a sudden, I guess it was Amika or somebody announced that they were going to play Tutti Ma was a, a, a real fine thing for me. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. Yakety Sax would be a fabulous <laughs> Please tell, tell, tell everybody I suggested that I will <laughs> well, Maybe we'll find a like, place to work in as a medley Or something that, I don't know, the cooker's going here Thinking about how that, that could work be, That would be Because it, it's, it's actually a fairly complicated tune You know, yeah, there's a lot to it Yeah <laughs> So you got to know how to growl <laughs> uh, I remember when I was a kid, there was a, a kid show, uh, a, a little sort of um, hobo clown named Lorenzo. Okay. This was in Baltimore, so you wouldn't okay. know. And he, he did this dance to Yakety Sax. Nice. Was it a scary clown kind of dance? No. No, he was a, cool oh, no, he was a lovable clown. <laughs> All right. A lovable hobo clown. Nice. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, could he sings, geez. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, um, Maceo influenced oh, you at all? Of course, Maceo, yeah, yeah, yeah big time. Uh, I yeah. love listening to James Brown stuff in yeah. general. And yeah. uh, Maceo's Life on Planet Groove, which is one oh, of his later, but God, that's yeah. just a big oh, favorite. That just kicks everybody's ass. Yeah. It really does. Just love it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> not... I, I, not so much exactly on the blues side of things, but Josh Redman's uh, Elastic Band stuff has uh-huh. just uh-huh. Uh, been a big influence. I love the album Momentum and what he's doing on that. You know, I think he's he did the crossover thing really well. It's, you know, 
coming from the original or the more straight ahead jazz and i i heard some stories from some you know big wigs of the jazz festival about how he kind of lost his audience when he came out with some of that stuff at first you know and i it obviously didn't stick as that was true i think he just made some of the older jazz fans a little uncomfortable the jazz police you know yes yes they, yeah. they will come and get you if you don't will. just swing sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh, look out yeah really there they come <laughs> we're hanging on the blues club right now the jazz police around <laughs> <laughs> um uh do you, so you thinking about uh, something more a little more jazzy next time yeah, I've got it. Uh, I mean, this just came out, so I'm not... Yeah, we're not I'm going like, there Hey, what are you doing next? Soon. Hey, this is good. What's next? <laughs> I want to keep going in this vein, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, but yes, I also, you know, I have a lot of originals written and uh, some plans to rope in Brian Ward and mm-hmm. uh, with the same crew of people, but to kind of go with it, more of a straight ahead thing uh-huh. and some originals uh-huh. just you know keep the balance going uh-huh. and get, get bent back on trombone well that's some other groups you know really <laughs> he, he's welcome to play some trombone of course but he likes playing bass for this it's a good really? yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. one of the places he really enjoys it you know you can uh-huh. cross over the, this is all electric bass on this one and that's on the other album, he'll be playing acoustic, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. it'll be a little different vibe. Yeah. But there'll be more of this. All right. Well, good. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having Appreciate me. This has been it. fun. What, what would you like us to, to play and go out with on this? Oh, why don't you play uh, Funny Dream? I will play Funny Dream, and we'll think about your quadrophones dream. Yes, the dream <laughs> of Durkin's album. <laughs> Look out for announcements here soon. Okay. Watch before the summer and see if the announcements come out. And we'll say it that way. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Thank you. 